This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Pretty big trade in the NBA tonight. Russell Westbrook goes to Washington. Houston gets a first-round pick and John Wall in return. NFL this afternoon, they finally play the game between the Steelers and the Ravens, and Pittsburgh's now 11-0 with a 19-14 win over Baltimore. Ben Roethlisberger in that game, 51 attempts. He completed 36, had a touchdown and an interception, threw for 266 yards. Benny Snell Jr. for the Steelers rushed for 60. Uh, Baltimore, Robert Griffin III started the game, only had seven completions for 33 yards. He did run for 68. Trace McSorley came in late, went two for six with a uh, touchdown toss, though, along the way. So Pittsburgh 11-0, Baltimore goes to 6-5. and Thanks a lot for checking out the show tonight. Always happy to have you. 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. Big G writing in. He says, well, this is, you're going to like this one, Kellen. He says, mm. can I ask if there's room for Captain Ribeye to join the slaw? Let's take a break from renaming the football team to coming up with new characters for the Wrestling Association. Well, Big G, thanks for uh, giving us a poke about the Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And he wants to be Captain Ribeye. He is, Big G, you are welcome to be Captain Ribeye. Of course, Roadhammer is our reigning and only champion, mm-hmm. undefeated. <laughs> I mean, if you've never had a bout, you're undefeated, right? Yeah. Uh, so, Captain Ribeye, we need a shtick for Captain Ribeye. Does he throw raw steaks at people? Does he pin somebody with a raw steak? I think. Does it's he a- does he have a finishing maneuver called the? Well, I guess it wouldn't be a T bone if it's a ribeye. Um, does he come in medium or well done? A whole yeah. bunch of places we could go with Captain Ribeye. Well, we got to watch with the raw steaks because I think that's actually illegal. Says who? I think it's it, like you could spread like botulism and stuff like that if you threw like raw raw meat around to people oh. in a crowd and that stuff. So uh, well, I think the steaks would have to be at would, least medium well or well done. We, w- we wouldn't throw it into the crowd. He would just throw it at other wrestlers. Oh, we could use okay. prop meat. It wouldn't be real meat. Sure. Prop meat. Wait, is that like s- flubber or what, what is that? Yeah, something like that. It would just look. <laughs> but I, I'm actually flattered. We, th- we, I'm flattered that somebody's applying to be in the Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling. On yeah, the that's line. cool. Right on. That's actually quite cool. Did did somebody in the wrestling community not pass away? Uh, was it yesterday or today? Kelly? Today, yeah. Uh, the name from the past. A lot of the old timers will remember this name. Pat Patterson passed away. He was the very first WWF Intercontinental Champion back in 1979. Had a uh, iconic feud with sergeant slaughter in the early 80s um including a uh, new york i think it was a no it was a boot camp match in the center of madison square garden that was one of the very first uh, wwf uh big draws once vince mcmahon uh took over the company from his dad and uh pat stayed with the wwf uh, all until 
I think a couple of years ago when he finally stepped away from the uh, company and he was the guy that came up with the concept of the Royal Rumble match he was the guy that uh, kind of helped uh, conceive the King of the Ring tournament concept uh, a lot of the I guess quote-unquote gimmicks we see today uh, was the brainchild of, of this individual and uh, yeah Pat- is he not Canadian was he, he from Montreal yeah from yep. okay cool from Montreal yep yeah cool all right, well, Pat so, Patterson, quite a legacy. Exactly. Yep. I will. So he came up with the Royal Rubble. R- R- I, I can't talk tonight because I'm <laughs> so nervous about name the animal. The, the Royal Rubble. The Royal yeah. Rumble. Royal Rumble. Yeah. Which uh, is uh, it's a fun. That's a fun event. That's when they have all the thirty guys going a minute at a time. Right. Yeah, and that's due to come up actually again here in January. But uh, with current restrictions and that stuff, we don't know if it's going to be a go or not because the marquee event of the Royal Rumble is the thirty man over the top rope rumble, right? And with social distancing and everything, I don't know if that's going to be a go or not. Well, so. I, th- I thought they had done all the wrestling events without fans, though. Didn't they, they do WrestleMania? They and did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just talking about 2021. That's coming up in, in 2021. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I for next you. year. So, All right. Well, thanks for keeping us surprised of the world of wrestling. We're going to go from the uh, the ring to the pebbled ice. And we touched on this last night. The uh, Curling Canada is going to use a bubble at the, uh, at the McPhail Centre in Calgary for the Briar, the Scotties, the Men's Worlds, and the Canadian Mixed Doubles Championships. For the details, we welcome Catherine Henderson to the show. She's the CEO of Curling Canada. Catherine, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Doing very well. It's nice to have you on the show, and I have to say, it's it's nice to get some news about a sporting event being planned or sporting events being planned because so much is about postponements and cancellations. So I'm encouraged that Curling Canada uh, has a plan for some really big events for next season. Let's start with why the venue, why the venue in Calgary is going to work. Okay. Well, you know, thanks very much for having me on. And, uh, you know, we want to start off by saying, you know, we did take a look around the country. Um, uh, Calgary is a great venue and Canada Olympic Park and Windsport uh, have been very supportive of us being there, as has the Alberta government, your economic, uh, you know, development people and your tourism people. Um, but it's it's an Olympic level venue for one thing. Um, it's uh, it's near to an international airport and it's also near to um, hoteling and places that we can place athletes in in a super safe bubbled way uh, in which you know they also have room to have a little bit of variety in food and do a little bit of training and we're right next to the Canadian Sport Institute. So I think there's a lot of amenities there that are really world class along with um, uh, just, just uh, Calgary's just a great curling town too. So, so are there any, and maybe, maybe this is still under discussion or, or still has to be determined, but will athletes be allowed to leave the bubble? I mean, obviously we had the NHL bubble here in Edmonton and they were, they were in that bubble. They were in the hotels and sort of in the, in the corridors and the maze that took them to the arena. What do you think curling Canada might do? No, they can't leave once they're in, they're okay. in. I mean, the whole the whole idea really of the bubble is, first of all, we're keeping our athletes safe, but we're also keeping the general public safe too. So, you know, we've got a kind of a whole testing protocol. You have to be healthy to come in. You, we test you constantly as you stay in it, but the whole idea is there really is cannot be any public transmission if there's an issue at all. Uh, we will know what to do if somebody comes in and, and, and they're not well. That's not what we're expecting because we have very strict protocols coming in. But um, we're able to really, really limit impact, which is why we feel very confident that we're going to be able to pull this off. 
How much uh, athlete consultation was there with this process? Yeah, there was quite a bit. So it's 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 athlete consultation. Um, you know, we have been speaking. We have a number of national team coaches: Scott Pfeiffer, Elaine Dag Jackson, Jeff Stoughton, um, who've been working with many of our elite teams and our national team. Uh, uh, players to talk to them about what this might look like. But in addition, we've been working with Dr. Bob McCormick, who is, uh, you know, he's a, he's been the chief medical officer of health for the Canadian Olympic Committee. He certainly has done a lot of work for us. Um, you know, he does a lot of work with on the podium on their sport medicine advisory committee, and then Alberta Public Health. So, you know, it's one thing to figure out whether athletes, athletes will tell you they want to curl, but they want to be safe. So it's a conversation. You got to make sure that you've got the protocols, you've got the people, you've got the expertise, and that you're able to give them an idea of what this is going to look like. And actually, you know, and what sacrifices they're going to have to make in order to come into the bubble. Yeah. Um, look, one obstacle for a, a lot of organizations, uh, a hardship for a lot of organizations and leagues is no fans. And that's a hit to revenue. I mean, that's, you know, the CFL couldn't get it going. Junior hockey leagues are saying, well, we're going to play. But man, that's that's hard. Uh, how, how much of a, a hit is that for Curling Canada here? It's a huge hit. You know, we are, you know, we're not for profit. So we're an amateur sport organization. We'd be very different than a CFL, let's say, or an NHL. Um, any surpluses that we make get invested back into grassroots sport. And that there's a lot of grassroots sport that isn't happening this year. Uh, you know, however, and that being said, we do have a television contract and we have business partners and we have government partners that are very supportive, um, you know, and they're supportive, not just from a public health perspective, but also from a, an economic perspective and making sure that we do this properly. And so, you know, with that in mind and the way we've designed the bubble, even though this is something that I would say, you know, it's not sustainable if we had to do this every year uh, for this year, we think that it's well worth um, making curling fans happy and being able to, you know, work with the partners that uh, we have great partnerships with to put on these championships and certainly allow the athletes the opportunity to compete that the, the sort of cost of doing business in it's the way I would describe it is short-term pain for long-term gain. Right. Catherine Henderson, CEO of Curling Canada, joining us on Inside Sports. Well, hopefully, I don't know, it's going to be weird watching curling as it has been with a lot of the sporting events when you get a big play, an exciting play and you don't hear very much. So I don't know, maybe fans can come on screens and something yeah. could be pumped in because that is, there's been a virtual fan experience to some extent with uh, with some of the sports. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're working on our sport presentation right now and we're hoping to be able to provide the athletes and the fans with something that's entertaining for sure. I mean, you're going to see the best, some of the best curlers in the world. So that's always entertaining. Uh, but we've got some other things up our sleeves that uh, will allow fans to engage from far away and make sure that they feel like they're part of the action. So with, I, I guess I'll, I'll kind of ask this question related to the Scotties and, and the Briar, because yeah. obviously we've seen in, in the past few years, the, the wild card format and, and separate pools and, and a little bit of a play in format. Is that going to have to be altered to streamline the events a little bit? Yeah. Well, right now we've got, you know, one of the things that is great about curling is we're one of the last truly Canadian events, uh, you know, championships that there is. Every single one of our provinces and territories participates. Um, you don't have to be Canadian citizen to participate in it. So um, that, that's really good. The, the, the wild card is one that we still have not really landed on what we're going to do because there's quite a bit of quarantining you need to do before you come in. And then there's probably quarantining you need to do when you go back out. 
uh, and to come and play for one game just may not be worth it for some of some of these teams. So we're thinking about what to do at the front end. Um, but what we do know right now, and I've talked to every one of them and I've talked to them individually, every province and territory is planning to send a team. So, well, that's great. Yeah. So it remains, a. Uh... A, a true national championship. Now, do we have do we do we have dates yet? Do we have the exact timing of everything? We have dates ish. I would call okay. them. I would say you know the 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 the, the, the dates um, are sort of are, they have to enter the bubble in mid in mid February, and um, the the uh, the worlds I believe are the third uh, the third to the eleventh of April, if I'm not mistaken. Um, because we've got mixed doubles in there, and because we have a women's championship that's going to be a women's worlds championship that our Scotty's Tournament of Hearts people are going to have to leave and make sure that they can follow Swiss um, regulations going in. We may have a, a day or two here that we need to move around, but I would say for the most part, uh, the, the originally announced dates that we had, we're trying to stick to those as close as we can. Okay, and it doesn't appear to be, and again, we're talking five months down the road for the Worlds, but the, the border issue, even if things are kind of like they are now, these the teams will be able to come in? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've got we've got the team. Well, some of the teams aren't named yet. Um, we still have to work with the Public Health Agency of Canada, and of course, Canada, you know, sort of borders and customs. Um, but we feel really confident that we've got very, very good protocols, and uh, we should be able to provide a safe, um, a safe atmosphere and a safe place for these uh, for these athletes to land. But at the same time, and you know, and all, you know. Uh, you know, everybody's been great about saying we'll work with you, but I think nobody wants to say, you know, on December the 1st, we know exactly what things are going to look like in April. So <laughs> willing to give us an absolute commitment, but we're feeling very good that we've got very, very safe protocols and we know things are changing every day and things are, you know, I think we're all seeing inklings of light at the end of this tunnel. So uh, hoping that we can, uh, we, we can welcome the world and, and feeling really good that we've got the right way to do it safely. Well, th this is great to hear. Uh, I mean, Brendan Botcher comes on my show, you know, fairly regularly, as does Mark Kennedy, two of the, two of yeah. the best in the country, best in the world. And yeah. they've had to deal with some things. I think Mark was in that event that got called off about yeah. halfway through. I think it was in Kitchener or Waterloo. And, um, and um, you know, Brendan's been at the top of his game for the last three or four years. And um, yeah. we talked about the possibility of this bubble format. So I think they want to play and, and they want to be safe. Be before I let you go, uh, is there anything key that, that I missed or anything you just really want to be sure that curling fans hear tonight? Uh, um, you know, just want to let you know, we're super excited about this. We're going to put on a great show, really invite curling fans to become part of it. Um, watch us on TSN. Um, you've got, you know, this is going to be a long, dark winter, and I can tell you we can make it much lighter and much happier and a lot more fun if you start to join us in mid-February for all of our curling, uh, our, our, our curling coverage. Awesome. Catherine, thank you very much for your time. Okay, take care. Catherine Henderson, CEO of Curling Canada. So those are some of the details. The curling bubble in Calgary starting in February. The Scotties, the Briar, the Canadian Mixed, and the Men's Worlds. That's how it'll work. It'll be good to see those events still going off. Hopefully it's, uh, it's all safe and they're able to do it. We had Captain Ribeye join the slaw a few minutes ago. Roadhammer, who's our reigning champion, writes in. He says he's going to have to change his name from Captain Ribeye to Captain Black Guy when I'm done with him. Boy, Roadhammer has all the wrestling trash talk down. He is sharp. That's why he's our champ. 7.20 back after the break.
and name the animal coming up on Inside Sports. That's going to be a complete and absolute thrill. I'm sure you can hear that in my voice. Hal Gill, a little bit more from him. He was great on the show last night. I said, look, do, do the players uh, have to really understand the fan frustration here as this drags on towards the start of the NHL season? Oh, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, if I... If I could play hockey right now and make uh, $100,000, I'd, I'd go out and do it. If I could make $20,000, I would go out and do it. But, you know, when your value is, you know, $2 million or $8 million, you want to make, you want to make a fair amount of that. Uh, and the owners know that. The owners are making money. Uh, I've always been a big believer in a fair market system and uh, hey if a guy's worth this much pay him that much you know it's a, if a, a, you can get an actor for a movie and he's going to make you a billion dollars there's nothing wrong with paying him 20 million dollars that's nothing um so it's all relative it's all and i i feel like <laughs> i feel like the fans have gone through this enough with all the cbas that have been going on i think they're smart and they see what's going on uh, at the same time, they just want to see hockey. So, you know, they, they're just going, looking at billionaire owners and and million dollar players saying, just play hockey. I, you know, and and I understand that. I totally get that. And as a player, I got that, and I wanted to play. Um, but you also have to you stand up for yourself, and you don't get you don't get pushed around. And and that's the hard part sometimes, is you say, yeah, I I just want to play. And players want to play, and that's what they want to do. I was one of those guys, but you also have to you have to take care of yourself and and represent yourself well, and and that's the hard part. And I know I know some fans are never going to agree with that, and some fans will say, "Hey, I got your back." Um, either way, you still have to go out and do business because it is a business. In the end, it's it's your livelihood. It's what's putting food on your table, and and you have to take care of yourself. Yeah, Hal Gill was really good on the show last night. Tonight, he and Pete Weber, the Predators broadcast team, calling a high school hockey game in Nashville. Pretty cool experience for them and the players involved. You want to get that whole Hal Gill interview? Sign up for the Inside Sports Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We'll try to ship you canned ham when you sign up, or you can go to the show page on 630ched.com. All right, we got the news and weather coming up. Brendan Escott, the producer of Oilers Now, will join us after the 7.30 news, and we will play Name the Animal. Last night I was stumped by the sound of a bobcat. No, but it was a cougar. Sorry, I guessed bobcat after I guessed it was some sort of a bird. What does Kellen Kennedy have in store tonight? I can hardly wait. Name the Animal. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Ched, voice of the Edmonton Oilers and the Double E football team. Whenever we get back to playing games, the Double E football team had the suggestion box closed as of end of day yesterday. 
for your suggestion for a new name for the club. I threw out a blog last week saying that I liked Express. I think definitely Elk is in the running. We had Matt Besco from uh, Alberta Parks and Wildlife on the show last night to talk about Elk. Turned out to be a pretty fun interview. I posted a story of that as well on 630shed.com, globalnews.ca. Elk, fairly athletic, could even jump over an eight-foot fence and very, very protective and use teamwork to keep the herd safe. So uh, I don't know, maybe that's going to be under consideration. The dude who works the sidelines for our home broadcast for the double E football team. He's also our locker room reporter for Oilers post game reports. And he's also the producer of Oilers now here on 630 Chad. And on the side, he does play-by-play for the Sherwood Park Crusaders. Oh my God, he's a busy young man. It is the one and only Brendan Escott. Escott, how's it going? I'm doing well, Reed. Thanks for the introduction. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, you you know, you've, you've, you're living a good life, so i got to make you sound good. Of course, some of, some of those things you don't get to do. Well, you don't get to do any of those things right now except for Oilers now because there's no hockey, so there's no dressing room post-game audio. Uh, you didn't do any sidelines this year, and now the Crusaders are on pause until – at least Christmas. So unfortunately, you have uh, you have lost some of, some of your uh, some of your gigs. But it, it's still, that's that's a pretty cool resume. Do you? Uh, I mean, did you do sidelines what all of last year and part of the year before? That's right. So there was a couple games in the fall, which I'm sure were the two coldest home games of the year. I was out there with my predecessor, Brendan Ulrich, who was also my predecessor behind the board for Bob Stoffer. Uh, but last year it was my gig the whole year. And I can still remember some days where, in fact, I would also complain about the weather. <laughs> I recall, Reed, we had a lot of love, glum, rainy kind of days throughout the summer of uh, last year. Uh, yeah, you got to dress warm for that gig. You always have to assume that it's going to feel even colder than it is. But maybe, maybe the rain might be even worse than a very cold day because you're just getting pelted and it makes you cold on top of it. And you're tethered to the microphone cables, by the way. So you're, you're kind of a dog on the leash outside uh, at uh, risk of the elements. But I'll tell you, the other thing is I've never experienced a, you know, the atmosphere of a football game, you know, is one thing in the stands. But to hear the the impact, the, the sound of every collision on every play, whether it's special teams, whether it's, you know, it doesn't matter. It's incredible uh, the speed at which the Canadian Football League plays their games so it's it it is a shame that we didn't get to see that in action this year and i can appreciate the efforts that everybody's making right now to make sure that that isn't the case next year did you come close to getting run over last year one time i was pretty agile i was a young 25 then so i i was able to to move out of the way i don't know about 26 now going on 27 next year forget about it you're losing your reflexes already. That's yeah, just exactly. sad. One of the, it's my. I'll tell you when I got um, when I got the job. There was two things that I wanted to do. I wanted to get on um, Scrum Lurkers with uh, with your friend Jay Onray, and I wanted to catch a pass on the sidelines of the CFL football game. I've been on Scrum Lurkers a few times there, kind of creeping in behind Nick David in the dressing room or what have you. I've yet to catch a sideline pass, so that'll be the objective next year. Well, that's going to be pretty difficult to do. That's got to be right place, right time, because you have to be sure that it's not going to be in play, right? Or that nobody's 
tracking it out of bounds and is going to run over you because they think they're still in play. That's like that, man. I'm surprised you're that bold that you somehow think. I, I think you'd you'd have better luck hoping to catch a punt that flew out of bounds. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah. I'll, there's there's been a couple instances where, say, on a throwaway from 40 yards down the field, you know, when somebody's just getting rid of it. There, there's been a couple times where it's been closer than you might assume, but it's all a very unique experience and one that I, I, I am hoping again, I say, to to get a few more games out there in the coming year. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I've done a couple of sideline games as a fill-in, and the thing that struck me is how awesome it is to see when the play is in front of you and how you can basically see nothing once it moves to the other side or the other end of the field. That's that's what I found tough. All of a sudden, you're sitting there thinking, what is happening? I can't even tell which side they handed off the ball to. Yeah, exactly. It's just a, a mass of bodies right around the goal line area. And uh, Calvin McCarty had a game where he had his first two touchdowns in a couple of seasons. And I had to interview him about that at, uh, at uh, halftime. And I didn't even really know, you know, outside of, of, hey, you're a fullback who just scored two touchdowns and a half. I mean, that was the obvious question, but didn't ask him any of the details because as you described, it's just kind of a mass of bodies. <laughs> Yeah, very true, very true. Thanks for checking in tonight on the show, buddy. Uh, you and Bob are doing a great job from noon to two uh, every day. Obviously, it's a different time of year. We're looking for a little bit uh, of a different content. Just from everything you're hearing, I'll keep it pretty general because you're you're a smart guy. You like to think about things. Is there anything that's really striking you with what we're hearing or not hearing from the National Hockey League and the PA these days? Mm. I don't like the timeline under which all this has taken place. It seems like there was a bit of a window there uh, where things might have been taken for granted. And I understand that as that was taking place, COVID cases started to rise again, right? That was really impacted north of the border, I guess, by uh, Thanksgiving weekend and south of the border I'm not even really sure. It's just been a mess from the get-go, as we know. So, you know, that's kind of... It makes me wonder why this wasn't thought about sooner, that there might be some hard details to iron out. Now, the other thing to consider is there's still going to be time to get a 48-game season in, which is the number that we're hearing right now, if they start it later than January 1st. But, you know, watching what's going on with the NFL and just having these moving parts that are still going on here. I don't know. I just would like to see more of a concrete plan. And we are getting closer and closer to a time where you would like to see that plan starting to get rolled out. And it's just not happening yet. So, you know, and and not to ramble, but the issue of, of millionaires arguing over millions of dollars, that's a really tough one to try and, and find a, a pragmatic side to fall on because it, it's going to be difficult, right? You're anybody anywhere that is given less than what they were previously and, and, you know, signed on the dotted line for it's going to be, uh, that's going to cause problems, you know, whether it's two people that agreed to pay for a cup of coffee or guys that are signing off on million dollar contract offers, hundred million dollar contract offers. Yeah, it's, See, I, I'm more of the mind that if, if you sign a contract, it should be honored. I, I And they've already been asked to defer and increase their escrow, which we know they're not going to get back this year. So they did they did agree to that over the summer. I like Look, I know the players are probably going to have to bend here 
often in these situations, the employer winds up winning. And I think that even goes for outside the world of sports. I think until Don Fear got involved, the owners generally got their way in labor disputes um, with the players. So I, I just think the players probably are going to have to give up a little bit more. To, to me, the amount of money involved... I, I like I get it. I, I know it's a lot of money, and sure, a fourth line NHL forward can make a million dollars a year. For the large majority of us, that's great. But I also understand his career may not be that long, and it, 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 like if if you give if you give your neighbor's kid ten dollars to cut your grass, you don't then give him eight. You mean you still got to give him ten, right? So that's that's <laughs> kind of how I'm looking at it. Yeah, and that's that's how I feel too. So from the player's standpoint, and I think that there's been more of a movement internally from the Players Association to say that there needs to be more uh, literacy amongst the players when it comes to how these contracts are working because, you know, it, it seems like these things come up often enough. I was joking earlier, you know, I'm only 26 years old now, but uh, that's been long enough to be around for two labor disputes and this and going to the Olympics and not going to the Olympics. So these kinds of issues are, are semi-regular enough where I think the players need to start really taking an understanding and, and how this impacts them. Unfortunately, there's going to be pushback when they start to realize that maybe they're getting, um, you know, mistreated if that's how they see how this is going down. Uh, at the end of the day, it's all going to come down to compromise, Reed. You know, they, they will all lose if nobody is playing hockey. The, the 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 amount of vitriol towards the league, I think, is, if they're not playing hockey because they couldn't figure out how to decipher the money or divvy up the money, that is completely different than if they're not playing hockey because they couldn't make it work health-wise. They couldn't get the, the vaccinations, that sort of thing. Um, could there be an argument made that they had, those two things go hand-in-hand? Hand? Sure, but I, I just think that they they have too much to lose by not finding an amicable agreement again i just wish that it was further along in that process than than uh, as one of our guests put it this week uh, uh the mating ritual dance by each side right now that's pretty good uh ajhl they're gonna meet again before christmas is that really all we know that's that's pretty much it, Reed. The uh, Board of Governors are going to get together on December 19th. It's a Saturday night, and that would have been the last night, um, the last weekend, if you will, of games prior to the Christmas break. So uh, I, I, they won't be playing in 2020 at this point. It'll be 2021. It's just sort of a matter, I think, of how soon in 2021. But uh, that'll be the first opportunity for them to sit down and sort of reassess not only where they're at, but where the provincial health guidelines are at that point as well and they're going to have to sort of be in lockstep there moving forward uh we saw the example out in the quebec major junior league of what happens when you try and just sort of trudge through this and ultimately at that level there was so many different problems on different teams and travel restrictions in different atlantic provinces that they said okay we're going to take all of december off and reassess this too so that's basically what's gone on out here. Uh, difference is Quebec got a little further into their season because they started sooner. All right. Hey, uh, if you just want to keep listening, you can listen to me name the animal and play along at home, okay? Okay, that sounds like a lot of fun. I appreciate it. That is Brendan Escott from Oilers Now tonight on Inside Sports. It's 746, and we will have name the animal when we get back.
goodness. Strange Animal by Gowan. Lawrence Gowan. Great Canadian artist. How fitting as we go to name the animal. So how this started was on Monday. We were talking about the possibility of the team being named the Edmonton Elk or Elks. And Kellen played some elk sounds. And here's what that was like. Okay, shockingly enough, that's an elk. One, one of their noises. We 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 had uh, we had Matt on from Alberta Wildlife to explain. Mm-hmm. That's one of the one of the sounds they make. So then we decided we're going to do name the animal. So Kellen's back at the six thirty Chet Studio. Hello, I'm broadcasting from my my spare bedroom. That's the size of a closet. And we said, let's do name the animal. So Kellen is picking an animal. And then I have to guess what it is by its sound alone. So last night we had this sound. (laughs) I thought it was some sort of a bird. And then I said, well, is it some sort of a feline? Mm -hmm. And I eventually got that it was uh, a cougar. The cougar's named Mac. Mac. He sounds like a very unhappy cougar. Anyway, maybe they're always unhappy. I guess they can be kind of mean. So now we have tonight's animal. <laughs> and I'm do. very nervous because I did quite poorly last night. Mm. I earned zero points. So let's let's hear tonight's selection, Kellen. Okay. Uh, I will preface this with a hint for you that this is actually Alberta content. And this was recorded in northern Alberta in 2016. So with that... Oh, wow. Well, now, see, when you give me hints, now I get even more nervous because I feel like I should know it right away. Like yesterday's, you said, well, this is an easy one to start. And I said it was a bird and it turned out to be a cougar. Okay. Fine. I'm just... I got to relax here. I got to breathe. Okay. Okay. Well, breathe and and listen. (laughs) Okay. What is that clicking at the end? Is it some sort of a, a pig? No, it is not. It's nothing. It's not pig related at all. Okay, I'm gonna ask you for. Uh... That's the same animal. That's the same animal. Yeah. Okay, is this some sort of a bird? It is some sort of a bird, yes. Okay, this is some sort of a bird. All right, so I, I'm doing a little better. I'm doing a little, well, no, I'm not, because at first I thought it was some sort of a pig. <laughs> it's, so it's some sort of a bird. Yes. Is it, uh, is it, is it a, uh, is it like, is it larger than an owl? Uh, about the same size. Uh, most of them are larger than the owls that we have out here, yes. Uh, okay, so this is some sort of a bird. It's larger than an owl. Is it some sort of an eagle? No. Can you play the noise again? Sure, yeah. (laughs) What is that? It's a bird, and it's a relatively large bird. It's not a swallow or something like that. No, no. And so, it, so it's larger than an owl. So then, obviously, it's larger than like a magpie or a seagull or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other big? Is it some sort of a hawk? No, it is not a hawk. 
Uh, okay, Tyler's helping on the text line. Is, is it a raven? It is a raven. It is a raven. Tyler from Sherwood Park's getting a can ham. <laughs> See, I need go. people to save me. I'm, I'm clearly horrible at this game, which hopefully has some entertainment value in itself. So that is, quoth the raven, nevermore. Yes. There you go. And All right. And apparently you can train them to talk. Here's a related video just quickly for about uh, a couple more seconds here. Oh, we, we got all night. We, we, so we can, we can preempt that. At mimicking sounds they hear. Mischief, can you say hello? Hello. Good bird. That's not a bird that said hello. <laughs> that's, that's a bird. Can you say hello? Play that again. Hi. Good job. And sometimes he hears people who have a cold. <laughs> Good job, Mr. That was a raven coughing like a human being? Yes. You fabricated that video. Nope. So ravens are excellent at this is from the beginning sounds of the video. they hear. Okay. I just Mr. want to hear this part again. Hello. Hello. Good. That bird saying hello. That's the bird saying <laughs> hello, yeah. All right, so in the I, other video, I, what's the raven I, doing? Is it just sitting there? Calling out? Uh, it's actually on top of a fellow's uh, rearview mirror for their truck. Uh, this is in a, a parking lot in, in northern Alberta somewhere. And the raven is sitting on top of, like, the rearview mirror on a truck. And it's just perched there. And the guy has the window down. And he's just shooting it with his cell phone camera. And it's just, uh, you know, just chilling there and <laughs> doing its thing. Well, I had no idea that's how a raven sounded. So once again, I am educated. Yeah, so it's just... <laughs> sitting there <laughs> so last night i thought it was a bird and it turned out to be a cougar tonight i thought it was some sort of a pig and it turned out to be a raven a raven yep did anybody know that before kellen started giving a couple hints maybe well tyler texted in some other uh, anonymous texture wrote in as well so thank you for trying to help me i i i think i'm gonna have to get listener involvement here otherwise i, I would be preempting adler trying to guess all night is the show over already it is we're wrapping up well i was just starting to get into it with the the name the animal segment well we'll do that again tomorrow matthew barnaby scheduled to join us tomorrow night this evening you heard from brendan escott Catherine Henderson from Curling Canada, Justin Bourne as well. Get more on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Speaking of the Ravens, they lose today 19-14 to the Steelers. The Steelers are 11-0. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen, the Birdman Kennedy. <laughs> Yesterday you were the Cougar Man. Tonight you're the Birdman. What will you be tomorrow? Kellen Kennedy's our studio operator. My name's Reed. Thanks for tuning in. Take care. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.